It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting, a convenient tap to mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns. So we can broadcast crystal clear audio, whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Mark. I'm Bray. I'm Ryan. Dejan for men. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're back with a, another episode of Watching Friends. How you been, Ryan? I'm all right, to be fair. Yeah, doing well? Can't complain. That's good. So uh, hopefully you recovered from our last episode, which was the, the mega long one. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was intense. I, I, I hope you, you lot like it. Uh, you know, let us know. Do you like the longer episodes? Uh, it's not something that we planned for. It's more, it's more Ryan's tangents. I, I think you're going to blame me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and Ryan's tangents in free. Because <laughs> it's amazing. Like our first couple episodes were about thirty-five minutes to forty minutes long, and now they're starting to hit like an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, so, so do let us know uh, via the website. You can write to us at contact at uh, watchingfriends.com or via the socials at Watch Friends Pod, and you know, let us know. Maybe I, I, I feel like a lot of people do prefer longer podcasts than shorter ones. Yeah, I mean. I tend to listen to podcasts on my commute a lot of the time. Yeah. So if an episode can get me to and from work, I'm happy. Yeah. So, but you know, let us know if if you prefer shorter ones. I'll try and rain Ryan in. That's a, that's a hard <laughs> thing to say. Rain Ryan in. It's like an audio clip of <laughs> shushing me. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're back with a uh, season two, episode two. What, what's the title of this one, Ryan? Uh, it's the one with the breast knock. Oh, it is. It is. It is. Oh, this, this is an interesting one, isn't it? I think this is another one that people kind of latch on to certain scenes. <laughs> nice pun. <laughs> <laughs> Unintended. But yeah, we'll we have to see how many uh, breast-related puns we can <laughs> fit in <here>. Squeeze in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's begun, hasn't it? Aren't you glad that you listened to us? Do <laughs> right <order> already. <laughs> <Yeah>. Two minutes <laughs> in. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I guess we should get into this, Ryan. Um, this is this is your episode to lead, isn't it? No, it's oh, is it, is it mine? Okay, it's even episode. even better. I can I can I can go into this right away then. So we start off uh, with Carol, Susan, and Ben. They're at Monica's, so this is quite nice. We actually get you know a bit of screen time with with Carol and Monica, and you know the the gang. I guess yeah, I guess yeah, it's nice. I mean, I'm always happy for more Carol and Susan. To be fair, so and. She's bought him, uh, so Monica has bought him baby Nike shoes. What a waste of money. No, they're adorable. <laughs> it's that, just such a waste. The, the tiniest, the only reason to have a baby, aside from, you know, having a family, is to buy tiny adorable versions of things adults have. No, no, they are so expensive. And even like at the age he's at, uh, 
They will literally last a week. If, if it was like two or three, maybe you could get like six months out of them. But then the shoes aren't as tiny and adorable. And also, a baby that age doesn't need shoes. It doesn't walk. But they're so <laughs> tiny and adorable. Well, you can get him some high techs or other knockoff brands. Like, they'll be a bit cheaper, right? Okay, fair. Yeah, so you want some <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> off-brand well, trainers? Because uh, one I'm saying is like these trainers are probably like fifty pound or so. Like, how much were your trainers, Rome? <laughs> they've, they've got to be about fifty quid, right? I don't actually own any trainers. Okay, 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 your shoe. You are wearing shoes. I'm wearing shoes. These, I don't know. I go to a, an outlet discount yeah, store. Exactly. So I pay like what thirty percent of the retail price, and these cost me like twenty eight pounds. And they last you for a year or two, right? Yeah rather than a week so. weirdly the really expensive walking boots i bought haven't lasted as long as like half the pairs of converse i own which doesn't make any sense no other brands are available <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's frustrating i paid like 70 pounds for some boots to climb snowden yeah. which we didn't do um we climbed the Morven hills instead which is not even the same <laughs> no. um yeah but they, 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 they leak now and it's frustrating oh yeah but what i guess what i'm saying is like it's so expensive don't don't waste your money on stuff like this. it's it's you know clothes for babies can be very cheap as soon as you buy the branded stuff like super expensive and super wasteful because they get one use out of it so if i ever have a child and buy them like teeny tiny ice skates you think it's a waste of money definitely yes i I probably wouldn't put blades on a child's feet but the idea (laughs) of teeny tiny ice skates are adorable uh but you know ben cries because he's hungry and carol starts breastfeeding which makes chandler and joey very uncomfortable and i i understand why I do and I don't. I think it's an age thing. I think if if I was like kind of mid twenties still, I would probably feel the exact same way as Chandler and Julian. But like, boom, <laughs> <laughs> like, like freak out that breastfeeding was going on. Um, now I'm I'm older. I just like cool. Carry on. I I do have. Uh, there's only one time I find it an issue. So breastfeeding's fine ninety nine percent of the time. The only time I ever found it an issue was when I was on a train and I was sitting at a table. So you're facing the other people. The woman opposite me starts breastfeeding. Now, the issue with this is I've got nowhere else to look. I'm facing directly there. I can't look to my left because there's literally a person sitting next to me. I can look out the window with the reflection (laughs) going on, right? Uh, I can look directly straight ahead. It's very awkward for me because I'm in an enclosed space with nowhere else to look. You could look past the reflection in the window. You can do, but it's still... It, it's still too close. See, I think the only reason this makes men uncomfortable is because we see boobs as these fascinating, wonderful things that are there for us to play with. And they're not, they're there for this exact purpose. We do. So you're kind of like, boobs are great. And then you're just like, oh, wait, no, it's actually a tool for. for I, I, I more just felt uncomfortable just because I'm in such a tight, enclosed space with, with nowhere else to look. It's, it's the same way, you know, when, when someone's getting undressed, and you're like, well, I shouldn't be watching them. I need to look away. But. I had nowhere else to look away to. Why are you watching people get undressed in general? Well, like, where did you go where people are getting undressed? You you did it in the office a few weeks ago, right here. You you decided to change. Did I? Yeah, that, I, that... Know I got really wet in the rain, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, she on did. On a bloody scooter. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I'm not I'm not going to stare at you and go, oh, I'm going to watch this. Like, Why not, Mark? Are you saying that I'm not <laughs> worth staring at? Well, you know, you wasn't breastfeeding at the time. wasn't of interest to me. So. I wasn't. So, so you know, I, I kind of get the uncomfortableness of it, but, you know, breastfeeding as, as a whole is generally fine, right? The, anyone who has an issue with it, they're the issue. Yeah, you need to, you know, especially as a bloke, you need to, like, kind of, for lack of a better phrase, man up and realise that it's just a boob and it's doing a primary function of the boob, yep. get over yourself. Because obviously if you've whipped your boob out to feed your baby, you're not uncomfortable by it. So. Well, most women don't whip their boob. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> their, 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 their jimmy is still quite covered. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's it's your issue to deal with, really. Yeah, and essentially, you're taking what's this perfectly natural act and weirdly sexualizing it in a way that it doesn't need to be. I don't even know if it's a sexual thing. I think it's just someone getting naked. That's in a, a bloke into boob. You're like, yes. I, I guess so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Ross wants to help them feel comfortable with this stuff, though, which is good in some ways, I guess. Uh, and, you know, Joey and Chandler have some questions. I mean, you know, it's, it's probably the first time they've ever seen this. From their reaction, you would definitely judge it's the first time they've I, seen breastfeeding. I guess so. They're, they're, they're in their mid-twenties. You know, Ross is their only friend with a, with a child now. Yeah. So they haven't hung around lots of people with children. So, yeah, that, I think that's fair. I find it kind of odd that both of the boys are uncomfortable. Chandler, 100% uncomfortable, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Joey grew up in an Italian-American household with, like, what, seven sisters. Yeah. There's no way he, they weren't breastfed as kids. Like, no. how Joey isn't used to seeing breastfeeding, I don't know. No. Uh, it's we always find a really early weird character thing where we always discussed did the writers and production team have these, like, thick bios of the character's backstory. And surely that should have been in Joey's. I, I guess the issue is it ruins the joke then, doesn't it? And you don't want to single out Chandler because then it makes it seem like he has the issue. And it's just, you know, he's, he's a bit uncomfortable person in general. I suppose. Maybe. So their question is, does it hurt? Which, yeah, can do, as, as, as Carol says, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we have Joey. We know but there's a baby sucking on it, which I believe is... It is my joke. My joke. My joke. That makes me laugh. <laughs> Tears in my eyes nearly every single time. Because I was like, it's the most beautiful, natural thing in the world. It's like, you know, but it's a baby sucking on it. It's, it couldn't be the, the difference between like the father and not father. No. It's so funny. Yeah, but baby ruins everything. Yeah, I guess when you're you're young without kids, babies ruin everything in your life, don't they? And, and then if you have a child, now it's fine because like I'm around all the other children. It's fine. I understand it all now. I saw a meme the other day that was a, a couple with a baby who had to go home. And a man in a top hat and no trousers saying, I'm going to follow this goose. Because <laughs> he didn't have kids. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess you do kind of have that freedom. I don't know why you couldn't take the child to follow the goose. I would. I guess, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be allowed children. Yeah, I was going to say, so goose can be kind of like dangerous, especially around a small child, right? And I had a conversation with the goose once. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, me and my ex were walking down the canal. Ryan's tangent. Yeah, I'll be brief. And this goose just got really angry that we were strolling past his canal. Yeah. And he like got out of the water and was like flapping his wings and being like, ah, in my face. And I was, I was like, oh, cool. I've never seen a goose this close before. So my ex is like crapping herself. And I'm sort of going like, ah, back at the goose. And we're having this conversation. And like, it hasn't twigged in my mind that this goose thinks I'm challenging it. I'm just kind of like going, oh, look at the goose. Look how big he is. And I'm like, really excited that I'm seeing this goose. And then I keep going, like, making its noise back at it. It's real close. And my ex is getting like really, really stressed that this goose is going to kick off. And I'm like, it's not a dinosaur. It's just a goose. Um, yeah, and then we had a brief conversation and I toddled away from the goose and he just kind of waddled around with his wings out, like watching me go. And I was, it was quite fun. <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, we're back at the coffee house though after the intro and Julie wants a muffin, but goes to uh, get it herself to help Rachel out. You know, she's super nice. I love Julie. Julie's great. Well, Rachel doesn't because she thinks she's a bitch. Yeah, I mean, there's being jealous and then there's just being mental. And, and Rachel's definitely verging into the mental territory. Yeah, she, she's definitely channeling Ross in a lot of this. Yeah, it's weird to see, I guess, from... We've all been there. Like, you know, we've all liked someone who's been with someone and you've decided to, to dislike the person. But you have to grow up. Yeah, but there, there's, there's disliking like a Paolo... You you can clearly tell, you know, was out for himself. 
And then there's disliking a, a Julie who is perfectly nice. Yeah, I mean, and hasn't done anything to wrong you. To me, the difference is, I guess you have to look at it from: is this person good and healthy for the person I like? And if the answer is no, like in the polar situation, hate them all you want. Yeah, you know, push them down the stairs, whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> but given that Julie's nice and sweet, and he's clearly making Ross happy, you'd have to kind of park your own feelings for a second and be like, well, no, do I want to wreck this? No. Yeah, you you can be upset that they're like with the other person now. And you can be like, I don't like them because of that. But you can't be like, I hate them because of who they are. I mean, to me, you have to make an effort because people getting on with your friends, your partner be getting on with your friend is a big part of a relationship. Yes. Like there's always that like tumult which I'm like, oh, I'm going to introduce to the guys. And what if, what if they don't get on? And you are slightly worried that, you know, because let's face it, for the most part, if you have to choose between your partner or your mates, your mates win nine times out of 10. Um, you think so? Yeah. I, f- I feel like in most relationships, it'll be the partner generally wins. Nah. I, I, I feel like just, just in experience, it, it is the partner that kind of is out. No, I wouldn't let that happen. Like, I'd have I, to be I, entirely I, besotted and, you know, like almost to like probably an unhealthy degree to like ditch my friends. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see in a few years' time. We might, we might have, we, we might have, <laughs> you've we, had to replace me. Yeah. We, we, we might have an episode. It's like, uh, yeah, Ryan disappeared. Here's the reason why he met a woman. <laughs> No, I just think that it's... No, you're, I think you're right in that you should probably... Well, maybe not side with your friends all the time, but you need to needs to be give and take up on both I mean, sides. It depends to the degree. Obviously, your partner isn't going to want to spend every time you hang out with your mates, and likewise, you're not going to spend all your time with your partner's friends. But if if they kind of... One of your friends is making it so awkwardly uncomfortable that it affects your relationship and you've got to choose between the two, you'll probably pick your friend nine times out of ten because you've been through more with them and they've been around and... Who's going to be, you know, if your relationship fails of its own means, you'll get what? You want to be the I'm, person who's now alone because... I would agree in that mates. situation. In that situation, I'd be like, the friend is at fault. They need to deal with it themselves. Like, but that's why I think Rachel needs to go over herself. That's what I said. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like Russ shouldn't break up with Julie to make Rachel be normal again. Like, Imagine being the person that caused that to happen. That, like your frustiness with Julie because you're jealous caused them to break up. I'd feel like a ripe buffoon. It's oh. not the word I was going to say, but I managed to make it safe for work at the last second. Well, you know, at least, at least Julia and uh, Monica are getting on because they're going to hang out and they're going to go shopping. Monica, what are you doing? You can't go shopping with her. What about Rachel? This is going to be a problem, isn't it? Oh, come on, you're going to Bloomingdale's with Julie? It's like cheating on Rachel in her house of worship. <laughs> Monica, she will kill you. <laughs> She will kill you like a dog in the street. So, uh, Jules tells me you guys are going shopping tomorrow? Oh, yeah, um, it's actually not that big a deal. Well, in I, fact, it's a I big don't... deal to me. This is great, Monica. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> Like they're clearly going over the top of this because Rachel won't kill Monica. She'll just be upset and angry and disappear. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't know. I was trying to put myself in this situation and how upset would I be if if you guys took the partner of the girl I was in love with to like the devils or something. Now, I think this would be a bit different because it would be one of your male friends taking out your girlfriend. There's a slightly different dynamic there and potential worries. Well, no, I mean, so if I had, if I was in love with my friend and then 
one of you guys took their partner out to like the devil's game or something yeah. like devil's rangers at the rock like <laughs> would i be upset about like, yes only because i wasn't invited <laughs> yeah like, well, I'm, well i'd probably be there anyway but it just be you know what i'd probably be upset but not not to this degree not no. to the degree that they're exaggerating rachel's distress but i mean i i totally think it's fine for monica to take oh yeah definitely yeah yeah because it's at the end of the day it's her brother's partner she has to make an effort yeah and she shouldn't even need to keep it secret from, from rachel it's rachel's problem to deal with rachel can come along as well yeah well like most things in life secrets and lies make things more complicated if you're just honest it, so that if you're honest and someone gets upset with you well fair enough but they can't be upset at you for lying because people always say a new lie that makes it worse it doesn't make it worse it just you know it's just an extra thing to be upset about i didn't lie to you i just didn't tell you the truth <laughs> it wasn't an affair it, it was just of another relationship on the side no it's just just say me and julia go or julia and i go into bloomingdale's rich do you want to come and then if she, anything, if you want to be super manipulative about it, you could tell Rachel that's what you're doing in front of Julie because then Rachel can't have a negative reaction because she's in an awkward social situation. Yeah. Or at least in England, that's how it would work. You wouldn't dare make a scene. So you could just neuter the situation, essentially. Like, oh, we're going to Bloomingdale's. Would you like to join us? And then it's Rachel's choice and she gets upset. And then that's the end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd, we would just ruin the episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, because we often talk about subplots. Yes. in friend shows and how sometimes they're fantastic and you're entirely engaged with all the characters and sometimes you don't give a hoot um, and this is definitely an episode where the subplot is boring and I don't care of the Julie no nope, Julie stuff's fine breast milk's fine ombre okay. just don't care <laughs> okay well, we're gonna get get into <laughs> we'll get that now ombre. actually yeah. uh, because we're at Saks uh, and Jerry is doing his job offering uh, fragrance spray for men we didn't know what Jerry was doing before he no. was yeah, out of work actor, but now he's uh he's in retail. Saks is quite a nice store on Fifth Avenue, I believe. I don't think I went in. It's 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 like a fancy. Well, I was going to say Debenhams, but that that doesn't exist it anymore. Doesn't it? It's a fancy fancy store with it's filled with clothes and stuff. I, a I, department store. There we go. I've been shopping at Fifth Avenue before, and the only the only shop I remember going into was Kate Spade. Unless I spent money in there. Um, but that was an amazing shop. If you've never been to Kate Spade, Fifth Avenue, you should go. I assume um, it's still there. I'd imagine so. Kate Spade's a pretty big brand. Okay. Just the staff were lovely. Like, I, I made sure to go into Macy's and... Yeah, I went I, to Macy's. I, I, forget, I forget what the other stores are that, that are all closing down. There's quite a few of the big department stores in America that are basically on the brink of collapse. You know, you've got to go into them to be like, oh, now I have some reference from all the 80s TV shows where they, they went to them. Yeah. I mean... When I went to New York, my friends was told to bring a Macy's shopping bag home for his his okay. mum. Um, the, bi- the big brown bag? Yeah, they yeah. wanted like you know that classic bag to I don't know to put the shop in or whatever. Yeah. But it was so difficult to get one when we went. We just couldn't find like, a Macy's bag to be given. So yeah, they ended up buying like an actual bag from Macy's that said Macy's, like Macy's merch essentially. Okay. But then he had to buy the Macy's bag to get the Macy's bag, and it was <laughs> just like Inception type moment where they wouldn't just give him a bag. Well, pe- people used to do that in the UK for Harrods, which is a very uh, fancy, you know, shopping department store, very, very expensive. Apparently, the Queen gets her stuff from there, sort sort of place, right? Yeah. Uh, and people there would go, "Oh, I've got a Harrods bag. It's a green bag with gold writing on it." 
just a bag. Like it's not even fancy. No, my reference for Harrods is just I remember growing up and seeing clips of Michael Jackson like walking, like closing the entire store and being filmed shopping for like Faberge eggs, which <laughs> so you could feel normal. They hired actors to just walk around and pretend to shop so you could have like a normal day. <laughs> okay. And it was the the surreal thing I remember seeing on TV as a kid, and I was like, oh, and I'm like, what the hell's a Faberge egg? And uh, my mum was like, oh, it's these really expensive, like egg shaped things, and I was like. Why would you buy one of those? She was like, because you got more money than sense. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> but I've but, been to Harrods, to be fair. It, I constantly was aware of my elbows the entire time. I was just like, don't knock anything off Oh, myself. okay. Yeah. Did, did you go to the downstairs area where there's very expensive jewellery and watches, very nice watches, and all of a sudden the prices slowly start fading away and disappearing and then there's no prices and yep. that's where if you can't see the price you can't afford it. Yep, it's pretty woman all over again. <laughs> you have to ask, you can't afford it. But back to uh, Joey at Saks, the ombre guy walks in. It's a guy in a cowboy getup and he's in Joey's section. Bijan for men? Bijan for men? <laughs> hey Annabelle. Hey Joey. Did you hear about the new guy? Who? Nobody knows his name. Me and the girls just call him the Ombre Man. <laughs> ombre. <laughs> What's he doing in my section? I guess he doesn't know. Well, he's gonna. I'll see you a little later, okay? Hey, how you doing? Morning. Listen, uh, I know you're new, but uh, it's kind of understood that everything from young man's to the escalator is uh, my territory. Your territory, huh? Yeah. Bijan for men? No, thanks. Ombre? Yeah, all right. <laughs> There's something about cowboy outfits where you look at it and go, that looks really cool. Yep. But if you ever see a guy in cowboy boots or even the outfit on the street, you're like, what a weirdo. Mm-hmm. I, the cowboy boots are the one fashion, I guess, crime I always want to commit <laughs> and never have because I don't care what people think, but they're so expensive. And I'm just like, what would I wear them with? Like, if I was <laughs> yeah, going to you got to go the whole way. I need to the whole outfit and I don't want the rest of the outfit. No, because even though like the the guy in this, he he looks really cool. If he's out on the street, you're not going. That's a cool guy. You're like going. There's a cowboy over there. That's weird. I feel like New York and Vegas are the only places you could walk around in a cowboy outfit and get away with it. Probably in the middle of the UK, not a chance. (laughs) But no, it's just weird. What I want to know is what is this job that they? What is their job role? So if you ever go into a department store, you'll have people there offering perfume samples and stuff. Mm And the idea is they spray it on you. You go, oh, that smells nice on me. I'll go and buy some. Now, the issue is you have got up in the morning, you've got dressed and you've made yourself nice. You probably put on your own aftershave and smells and stuff, right? Maybe, yeah. Now, someone has come along and has sprayed something else on you. So now you've got two competing smells on you. And it might not even be a smell that's even nice. And I I feel like now what happens is, uh, at least in the UK, is they will spray it onto a little stick and they'll yeah. hand it to you, and you'll sniff it and go, it smells of alcohol, but I don't want to offend them, so I will just go, oh, that smells nice, yep. even though it's so close to my nose, and so I haven't let it ferment, I guess, on the stick. I can't tell, like, actually what the smell is. I have never bought aftershave, ever. Okay. I get bought it all the time, 
because you know, like we were discussing off podcast about relatives who don't know what to buy you will buy you a scented fragrance yep. of some description. Um, I, I don't know. It's called Only the Brave. I think it's a diesel one that I've, I've had most often. I've seen that advert on TV. Yeah, it's, got, it's like the bottle shaped like a fist. Yeah, People are like yes, yeah, the manly. Even though, which I find really funny that they try and make sense masculine. I'm like, smelling nice isn't a particularly masculine or macho trait. Do the fact that these perfume adverts always hire these like really pretty, dainty men to like be in a sailboat while they play classical music over the top, and then they're like, "Only for the brave." It's just like, <laughs> I'm, just like it's, I'm not really buying it. Um, but I just don't get the actual like, what are they? Do they get commission? Are yeah. they supposed to look? How is Joey getting paid? Well, yeah, he, he's basically the I guess the spokesmodel for it, where he sprays it on someone. They go cool. They go to the the little smelly area and go, "I want to buy the one that he's just sprayed on me." I guess. So so I guess. Yeah, you know when you got people handing out free samples, or what, he's, he's that sort of guy, right? Yeah. Well, Just... We should be on Joey's side. I feel like we should be on Joey's side in this because Ombre is in his territory. But I'm kind of not because, first off, I feel like just the product names alone aren't really working in Joey's favour. Ombre is just one word and it sounds cool and you say it. But when you have to like, you know, suffix your product with four men, you're basically saying, ladies' product for you is essentially what <laughs> well, you're saying. Well, well, most stuff does say for men because men do go, oh, that's a girly thing. But as soon as you go for men, you're like, oh, it's fine. I can have that. But to be like, you're, you're having to ombre immediately sounds masculine. You know what okay, I mean? Like, yeah. if, we were, if we were in that department store, first off, Joey's just in a tux and he's like, Dijon for men. So immediately I'm like, girly thing for men? It's still girly. You just want to sell it to me because now it's a man version. Whereas, ombre. Look, the guy's gone full in. He's got his cowboy outfit. He's got his nice, gruff David Hayer style voice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, he's doing a bad job. He, he, well, it works on the uh, the actor that, that wanders past, right? Yeah. The ombre guy, he's doing his job well. He's committing. I appreciate people who commit to their role. But I, I wonder where his section was because obviously he's being told, you know, you do this area. Or, or perhaps, perhaps he doesn't have a section. He's just told, just be on this floor. And as Joey explains, like, it's, a, it's an understanding that this is my area. So, well, no, he can be wherever he wants because it's no official thing. No, it's understood. So, and, and obviously, you're going to be in the area where the men are, aren't you? Like, you're going to hang by the escalators where you get the most traffic. I mean, I feel like women buy more male fragrances a year than men. Well, so I, was... I would be around the women's section being like, Ombre, for your man. And uh... then... You might have some women go, I got a man, I'm single. But you'd be like, well, yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you're more likely to make more sales in the women's part of the store because they, you know, women want, this is what I don't understand about marketing for perfume. Surely men want women to smell nice and women want men to smell nice. So surely you should market them the other way around. I was going to say this, but anytime I've ever mentioned this to, the, to this to anyone, the voice why I was weird. So women like to smell flowery and pretty, right? Yep. And they like that smell. Surely, men should be wearing the thing that women like. Yes, I guess. I mean, I suppose the, the scent-wise, as in, in terms of what you're wearing, it's an evolutionary thing. So I guess you want women to smell delicate, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, where, where men was... need to smell like musky and oh, strong. Yes, exactly. Like, like men's smells generally are not, are not flowery at all, right? Whereas women's are generally more going that way. At the same time, I know a lot of women who wear like the, the men's aftershave and whatever because they like the smell of it. Yeah, I've wore girlfriend's perfume before. 
I think it's an apple. I think it's Christina Ricci or Nina Ricci. I don't know. It was... you go, it's a nice smell. I like it. Yeah. I'll be like, you smell nice. What's that? And she'd be like, this. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. and I get shouted at because it's expensive and wasted it on my man. But I'm like, well, I, yeah, I don't want to smell like man. I want to smell like this nice apple bottle. So it, it is weird. Like men wear smells that women like, so they like them. But then, you know, like I say, some women will wear because they like the smell. It's like, fair enough, right? I, I find the whole thing really weird. Um, especially when people get like signature scents like I I've never associated a fragrance with a person before so so you're not a sandalwood guy no like, <laughs> like, I just, like it's just weird to me like I can't imagine like you know I don't know in like 25 years time I'm a widower and I walk through a department store and there's some spray some perfume and it reminds me of my my deceased wife I was going to say what happens in 25 <laughs> years you're not even like caught with anyone yet you know, so, oh, yeah. so hang on we've got we've got to figure out you've got to meet someone in the next year yep. you've got to have like a couple of years together a long engagement then the baby and like within about 10 years you're going to be murdering them uh, 20 odd years with me is probably more than enough time to shorten your life expectancy but you know I, I can't imagine ever being like that's her smell and then having like you know, a depressive episode because someone sprayed on me in sacks yeah like for me I, I will wear aftershave but then I always worry it kind of wears off very quickly and I think it's just because I get used to it right yeah but you know you, you do want to be the type of person where someone goes to go oh you smell nice I guess my issue is if my car, I'm kind of if I can smell your fragrance and I'm not intimately close to you, I feel like you've put too much on. Yes, that's the problem that I, I think you find a lot of women do. It's maybe older women where you're like, well, oh, you've put way too much on and I can smell you walking down the street. And it should be like just a closeness thing. Yeah. But it's very much like you go, you walk past and I catch a scent and, yeah. you go, oh, and then carry on. Whereas I've been in the lift with people. And you've come out smelling like, like them. Oh, my eyes are stinging. Like, oh my God, like, what did you smell like to have to put that much on? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and that's the thing. Like, this is where we have Dr. Ross come in and, and say, like, you know, your your natural musk is, you know, what attracts the the other opposite sex, right? And maybe, you know, it's better for you to smell natural. But... That's not true. <laughs> so we're going to run tangent again. I, when I was with my ex, um, part, this could partly explain why she's an ex, um, I used to play ice hockey and anyone who's ever played hockey will tell you that there's no stink like hockey stank. Like it's a very unique, gross, sweaty stink. You know, you're skating up and down the ice for an hour, throwing your jacks, doing what you do. You smell. But I live close to the rink, so I wouldn't shower at the rink. I'd just go home, shower and then get in bed. But we've been together for a couple of months and she was stopping over mine one practice evening and I was like, right. If we're going to be together long term, when this feels like this is where it's going to go, she's going to have to get used to hockey stank because it's a thing. Like some days, that's how I'm going to smell. So I decided to not shower and climb straight into bed. So I've moved the covers, got into bed, stinking like hockey. And she's all like, you're Ryan's back in bed. Puts her head on my chest and he's there for about four seconds and gets a good old whiff of the hockey stank and then punched me and went, you sting and look, lost the swear, get out of that to go and shower. I found this hilarious. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I bear in mind that rec hockey in the UK, I probably didn't get in until like half one, quarter two in the morning. And I was very, very, I was in the bad books in the morning. But it was funny. 
I, I think psychologists are going to listen to our episodes and write books about your life <laughs> and your, your way of thinking. Volume one. No wonder Brian is single. <laughs> Do you know what? If, if she wants to be with me, I need to test her. How can I test her? I'm going to be as smelly as possible. And if she can get through that, she can get through anything. I mean, the week after a practice, I told the team, I was like, oh, last week I got in bed without showering with a new girlfriend and uh, she went mental. And we all found it hilarious. Uh, everyone found it funny even the girls on the team were like hockey stinks <laughs> <laughs> hockey smells but you know but yeah if, if she can get through that she can get through anything so we survived another what six years so you know it couldn't have been that bad <laughs> no. well we're at the coffee shop now which is a much nicer smell to, to be thinking about than uh, Ryan's sweaty pits uh, coffee stinks I hate the smell of coffee okay well Another tea tangent. We're going to skip this because no, <laughs> we're going to be here at a four-hour-long episode. I don't think we're one place I, to smell like me, but I, I think coffee shops, you know, they have a have an aroma to them where you're like, oh, I feel drawn to it, I guess. And Monica wants Phoebe to lie and say they were both shopping at Bloomingdale's. And as I mentioned uh, uh, a bit ago, uh, that's where the big brown bag comes from uh, that we've. We, I'm sure we talked about it in a previous episode. Yeah, but this is where we find out that Phoebe. Is bad at lying. Hey, listen, you were with me and we were shopping all day. What? We were shopping and we had lunch. Oh, all right, what did I have? You had a salad. No wonder I don't feel full. <laughs> Hi, guys, what's up? I went shopping with Monica all day and I had a salad. <laughs> Good, Phoebs. What'd you buy? Um, we went shopping for, um, for, um, for, fur. You went shopping for fur? Yeah. And then I realized that I'm against that. And um, so then we bought some um, um, boobs. <laughs> you bought boobs? bought bras all the gang are such terrible liars but somehow rachel buys it i think she only buys it because it's phoebe oh yeah 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 she's weird enough where you could be like oh she doesn't know what she's saying yeah you'd be like classic phoebes she's so yeah. weird whereas if monica was the person telling the lie you'd be like no definitely lying not falling for this well i was gonna say if there was a store where you could buy boobs i think you'd be there every day but we did visit a store in London recently where you could have bought some boobs. You could have bought some <laughs> big old silicone boobs. Yeah. Uh, they, they made the shelf buckle when you put them back down. <laughs> we did pick them up, yeah. It was very expensive as well. Yeah. Like £75 is half price. And I was like, who's that lonely? I, I, they weren't £75. I think they were that... £75 and that was the discount. So originally they were 150 quid. <laughs> okay. Which was just like, what? Like that, I was more shocked at the price than the fact that someone had made rubber anime breasts <laughs> for people to enjoy. I was just kind of like, why are they this expensive? I, f- I think we should explain what store we were in before people judge us too harshly. Uh, so in London, there was a place called Camden, which is uh, meant to be the kind of rock punk kind of part of London. Yeah, the alternate. The alternative place. area, yep. And there is a store there called Cyberdog, which is an amazing store, and it is full of... Uh, like cyber music and gear, like clothing and stuff like that. Yes. Um, if you ever go to London, visit Cyberdog. It'll blow your mind as like an amazing futuristic look at, you know, what stores could have been, uh, you know, if we was back in the 90s. I particularly enjoyed that on the way, you and Neil were like, Ryan will like this shop. Yeah. You'll like this. And then like 10 minutes in, 
I found what I liked. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the giant boobs. <laughs> it was this like latexy pipe jacket that looked like Ripley's jacket from Alien Resurrection. Okay. It's very cool, but well, I wasn't paying hundred pounds for it. No, because they, they, they have a lot of cyber gear. So if you think of the film Hackers and anything they wear, basically that's what they sell at that store. And they have like an adult section there, which is where you found the anime boobs. Yep. Uh, but I guess uh, £170 was too much for you. Just... Uh, <laughs> Plus, where would you keep them? Like, that's not a, like you could have to be pretty chill to be open about owning those. Like, what? Like, you go on holiday and your mum pops round to the laundry and then opens the wardrobe and there's just jiggly titties and <laughs> just like they just, they just like not on your desk next to your monitor or something. Like, yeah, like, where, where, where would you keep them? <laughs> Don't know. I think we should move on now. Uh, Joey asks out his uh, work colleague Annabelle, but she's already got plans with the cowboy. So I noticed that Annabelle. I can't remember the actress's name, but she's also in CSI. And then I had this like giant, like happy thought in my head because later on in Friends, we meet Kathy, uh, who's an actress that's in a show called Criminal Minds. And I was like, oh, all the women in Friends are in crime shows. <laughs> and then got really excited about it, even though Criminal Minds is way better than CSI. In parentheses, is way cooler than Annabelle in CSI. But I got very excited. Well, I think that's something we might talk about at some point in time. I, I was looking through Cameo and looking at the Friends actors on there. And um, the, the actress that plays Mona, she was on there. And I feel like she has been in some kind of detective, police detective show or something. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, everyone loves a good crime show. But yeah, we, we, we should actually talk about some of the actors. May, maybe we'll do this as a Patreon episode where we take some of the small actors like Mr. Heckles and stuff like that and talk about the other things they're, they're known for. Yeah, look, we often discuss do actors get annoyed that they're known for that one thing they did as opposed to this giant catalogue of, you know, stage and TV work and stuff. And you hear different things about people being like, oh, you know, I didn't want to be associated with that role for my entire life or whatever, but I feel like I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I, I would be happy to be known as the person who was on Friends for three episodes. Yeah, but like, great. It's better than what I'm known for now, right? Well, yeah, like, if, if, if you're successful enough in something that people recognise you in the street because of it, I would celebrate that success rather than, like, shy away from it. And you would be able to go to Comic-Con and charge, you know, £20 a signature. Oh, God, no. no I would, <laughs> that'd be exhausting. So we then end up at uh, Carol is leaving Ben with Ross, but she's a bit concerned and can't relax. And then Susan gives Ross a compliment, which is, you know, quite nice. Yeah. This is a little bit odd. Like, you know, Ross is the father. He's fine. I'm sure he's had the child before. Because we don't know how many weeks have passed at this point. No. But, you know, it's fine. Ross, Ross can look after it. He's, he's the father of the child. It's not like he was giving it to Joey. Like, I'd be concerned if Joey was looking after the child. Well. Which we will discuss <laughs> we'll later, in, well, yeah. in an episode or two. Um, but then Rachel um, shows us a shirt that she got Susan uh, to, give, to give for Ben. Let's uh, have a listen to what she got her. Okay, and this is Funny Clown. Funny Clown is only for after his naps, not before his naps or he won't sleep. Carol, we've been through this before, okay? We have a good time. We laugh, we play. It's like we're father and son. <laughs> Honey, relax. Ross is great with him. Don't look so surprised. I'm a lovely person. <laughs> oh, this is so cute. Oh, I got that for him. My mommies love me. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hi, Jew. Hi, Jew. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Okay, um, sure. That'd be great. See you then. Bye. Did you just say hi, Jew? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> that was my friend Eddie Moskowitz. <laughs> so I love this shirt she gets for Ben. It's adorable. And I've even made that shirt and sold it on Etsy and other places. It's quite popular. I feel like Ross is upset it doesn't say my mummy's and daddy loves me <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like if they really wanted to upset Ross it could have been my dad more than a lesbian life partner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, or, or just I love my mummies yeah so, yeah. Uh, then Julie calls and speaks to Monica Rachel thinks she said hi Jew and was being racist you know, we were discussing about how the gang are terrible liars but I like this lie this yeah. lie is good she's unearthy that just after that clip, uh, she says that he likes being called Jew because it affirms his faith, <laughs> yeah. which, which I found really funny. That, that's some quick thinking from Monica there. That's the, probably the one time she tells a good lie or it tells is. a lie well. Definitely. And I think it plays differently in America to here because as we, I'm sure we've discussed this before. Like I, I've had like Jewish friends, but it's not really a religion you kind of, kind of stands out in the UK. Whereas I feel like in America, lots of people know Jewish people and it's kind of around your society i guess yeah i mean religion's one of those things that isn't, isn't really discussed openly in the in the uk no. um there are lots of faiths and especially even in birmingham we were like very multicultural and multi-faith city but it's not something you tend to bring up openly because it's so diverse that's this kind of weird effect where you don't talk about it because you don't want to upset anybody um like i'm an atheist um, okay, I, I think most people in the uk either assume you believe in something or you're an atheist right Yep. Whereas in America, I think it's like, which one do you believe in? I need to know so who you choices. align with. Even like within the same denial, like the amount of Christian dominations is like mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, I'm Pescatarian. I'm this. I'm this and this and like what? Like, right, so, but but you like Jesus, right? So you're all the same thing. Well, no, actually not. They're yep. all subtly different. So it's. I feel like that joke probably plays a little bit differently to Americans than it does for us. Yeah. But then we end up with uh, Phoebe has uh, some dinner for Ben. It's breast milk, uh, which she hasn't heated in the microwave, thankfully. But, you know, she's checking the temperature on her wrist and then licks it off, which everyone finds gross. Now, I don't think licking the breast milk is gross, but licking the milk off your arm is pretty gross. Like, if you spill a bit of food on your arm, just start licking it off. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you're eating a chocolate biscuit and get the chocolate on your finger, would you lick the chocolate off your finger? I, th I think fingers are fine, but, like, if you're there, like... You know, trying to lick your elbow because you've got a bit of hot sauce on it. Like, I mean, no, I disagree. I think, like, the, <laughs> it's going to sound awful. But, <laughs> but, like, nearly every other part of your body is more acceptable than your hands because your hands touch everything Well, else. yeah, your hands are dirty, right? But I, f I feel like, you know, if you lick your fingers clean, that's okay. But if you start, like, licking your arm, you're like a cat then. Like, how far up my arm can I go before it gets <laughs> yeah. weird? Like, yeah. Is it up to the elbow, end of the wrist? Yeah. I don't think any of it's weird. I, I think that's just the thing that's a little bit weird. Um, but I think we need to we need to play the clip now. Duh, I think I know how to heat breast milk. <laughs> okay. Duh. What did you just do? I get to lick my arm. What? It's breast milk. So, baby, that is that is juice squeezed from a person. What is the big deal? No, oh. no, oh my God. Duh, what did you just do? Okay, can people stop drinking the breast milk? You 
won't even taste it? No. Not even if you just pretend that it's milk? Not even if Carol's breast had a picture of a missing child on it. Now, Ryan, have you tried breast milk? No. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I don't think so. I feel like at some point in your life you must have done. No. Not as a child. I was premature, so I had to have four minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, was, I was trying to get you with a trick question there, and you ruined it. Oh, my bad. And then, as an adult, I've known plenty of pregnant women who've had breast milk. I was never offered any. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it'd be a bit awkward for you to be like, can I, can I just squeeze, squeeze some out and have some? You know what? I mean, I've got friends that had I probably could have gone, what's it taste like? Let me try some. And they'd have been like, here's some. And a bottle. I did, but I just never saw you, you, you did a moving glass motion there for the, the listeners rather than... Uh, well, yeah, I'm not just going like, to pounce on the no, chest. Well, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just making it clear of the motion you made rather than what could be interpreted from what you just said. <laughs> just, <laughs> just latch on. Stick my head in as a million start drinking. <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 I found Ross's joke is a bit weird. Like, you know... I wouldn't drink it even if it had like a picture of missing child on it. Now I get what they're getting at, yeah. And it, it's a very American joke. We don't have pictures of missing kids on our milk cartons. We don't have cartons for tradition. No, we had like glass bottles that would get recycled and reused. So, but, I mean, everyone remember. It's a nice British cliche, I guess. But milkman drops your bottles off in the morning, and you drink your milk, and then you wash them out, and you put them back in a little carry cart, and then milkman picks them up, and he rattles off down the road in his electric cart, rattling away on a Sunday morning. That's 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 the thing the kids don't know what you're talking about because no. it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> He's an old man. Now you just go to the corner <laughs> shop and buy some horrible plastic carton. Yeah. I miss the milkman. Yep. But at the, at the same time, it's. It, to me, it has like a different tone to the joke of like he, you know, he'd want a, a picture of a child on it to to drink it. It's a bit weird, but I, I get I get what they they're going for there. I do like the line "juice squeezed from a person." Yeah, but it, I wasn't that grossed out by it. But then that phrase is just icky. It's just it, it, dep- it depends how you think about it. If you think of like squeezing an orange, yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure they've all put worse things in their mouth. So why won't Ross taste it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess as like a fatherly curiosity, you might be like, oh, if my kid's drinking it, what does it taste like? Well, at the same time, when you think about it, just milk itself is kind of gross. Like, who was the first person who saw a cow and was like, I'm going to give a suck on that, see what comes out? It would have been evolution, wouldn't it? Like, we'd have breastfed naturally as an instinct. And then, you know, the human mind being what it is, looked around and went, <laughs> that got milk. Well, it's, it's the same with like honey. Like, who went... Mm, that comes out of bees' butts. Let's see what that tastes like. Yeah, it's just natural, isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel like there's lots of things that we, we should be thankful for, like over the hundreds of, and thousands of years, of people going, there's a thing there, I'm going to put it in my mouth and see what it is. It's just evolution behaviour. Like, who was the first person to decide, you know what, we should cook the meat, we've just cut off that mammoth. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I assume it's someone, the, the one tribe that tried it once and thought it was good, they flourished and the ones that were carrying eating raw meat threw up a lot and didn't and it's like well everyone learned that's what you do yeah so monica walks in and tells rachel where she went because she's been out and rachel then finds a receipt for lunch that costs 53 dollars that doesn't seem too bad for me in a way like lunch could cost that if you had a few drinks and whatever yeah i mean to me it costs three dollars because food in new york is ridiculously expensive yeah like Fast food isn't because it's fast food. Yep. But if you want to sit down to eat, well, a, a sandwich is going to be like what twenty dollars maybe. Yeah, I, just, I was a, a big sandwich. Appalled. But every time I sat down to eat in in, I think the only place I sat down to eat in New York that I wasn't immediately a gog at the price was 
It's like downtown Manhattan. There's a place called Burger, but there's no U in it. It's like Burger. I can't pronounce <laughs> it. Um, no, they were great, but they've got loads of like random quirky signs up and like cartoons of cows and stuff. So when Jess went off to buy a burger, she asked what I wanted. So I decided to call the patty. Uh, a grass-fed moo-moo. I was like, I'll have one grass-fed moo-moo burger and like listed this to the front and she thought that's what the menu said. <laughs> she, she, she got to the car and almost said, I want a grass-fed moo-moo. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love that. But, uh, but that was quite reasonable. But we went to one burger place uh, called Burger Heaven and it was like $56 for a burger fries and milkshake twice. Wow. And I was like, what? I, was like, I, I guess at the time that would be about £30, which... It's on the expensive side. Yeah, I mean, given that it's literally just... You'd probably spend £20 at a burger place here for that sort of food. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on the expensive side. But we've got more bad line from Monica. Uh, eventually it comes out that she had lunch with Julie. Now, I wish Monica had just... Instead of going, oh, someone put the receipt in my pocket. Like, why, why didn't she just go, oh, I must have picked up someone else's receipt. I mean... Who keeps their receipts? Yeah. Just just go, oh, I, I picked out the wrong receipt and must have put it in my pocket. Like, she could, have easy, she could have easily got out of this, is what I'm saying. But she didn't, and it leads to one of the best friends moments ever. Because she eventually does come out and say that she had lunch with Julie. <laughs> Monica, what's with you? Who did you have lunch with? Judy? Who? Julie? What? Jody? <laughs> You were with Julie? Oh, look, when it started, I was just trying to be nice to her because she was my brother's girlfriend. And then well, one thing led to another, and before I knew it, we were shopping. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Honey, wait, we only did it once. <laughs> didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, right? Really? Sure. Rachel, I was thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, all right? I, I never meant for you to find out. Oh, please. Please, you wanted to get caught. That is not true. Oh, so you just sort of happened to leave it in here? Did it ever occur to you that I might just be that stupid? <laughs> Okay, Monica, I just have to know one thing. Did you go with her to Bloomingdale's? <laughs> Jokes like this are absolutely great. Where they, they, they take the meaning of one joke and twist it around to mean something slightly different. Yeah, I mean, every classic cliche excuse that Monica came out with, you know, is usually that someone had an affair. With yes. Well, one thing I was thinking odd about the dialogue is just that one part where I was thinking of you the whole time. Someone cheated on me. The last excuse I would want is I was thinking of you the whole time. Because then it's like a deliberate choice. Yeah. Like, if you bump into someone and are overcome with passion and all thought of me escapes your mind, I'd prefer that to happen than to you to be like, oh, I was thinking of you the whole time. Like, <laughs> so, so while you were doing this act of infidelity, you was thinking of me at the time, like... Like, that's that's not a compliment. Like, no. this, like, that's worse. No. Like, oh yeah, I've got Ryan at home, but I'll carry on doing this. <laughs> yeah, I want. I hope Ryan is okay with me doing it. Like, you know, you're doing wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely great. Love how Rachel reacts to this. 
She's just so upset because she went to Bloomingdale's. I mean, that's it's not fair, but it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just yeah, Rachel's out of line. Need she, to get over it again. Well, she does, but uh, yeah, it's it's such a, a great scene. And with such a great scene, I think it is time for one of our world-famous ad breaks. <laughs> and we're back, folks, with another episode of Nasty Labs. Nasty Labs. It's a show hosted by me, Kinsey Burke, and my dumbass friend, Mark. Nasty Labs. This twice-monthly show about game development, Japan life, being nice to people, and hey, maybe a few other things. Nasty Labs is a product of Chuhai Labs Brand Incorporated and now available for three easy payments of $4.2069. Only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's... read Dune! You have... No, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Watching Friends is part of the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX are our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcasting accidents. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. We're back, Ryan. We are back. And we are back with Monica. Uh, Tries to call Rachel to solve things. Like, you know, typical relationship thing of, you know, try to... And this is something that I hate, or hated, like when I was younger. Uh, Rachel, so she calls Rachel, but Rachel's friends answer the phone and won't let her chat to Rachel. Yep. That annoys me. No, no, you don't have any involvement in this. Like, you may go, I hate Monica for what she's done. Oh, no, it's great fun being a sassy, righteous friend. I, I'm sure it is, but as the on the other side of it, you're like, no, just let me talk to them. I want to explain or you say whatever. You talk to them. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you've only heard one side of the story, though. <laughs> no, I heard the story again. You snap your fingers, you bob your head, you put the phone down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's not something that's happening like in older life. But yeah, she's like, no, just let me talk to them because that's what I want to do right now to solve things, I guess. You want to talk to them. You want to manipulate them with words. <laughs> Oh, I would hate you so much. <laughs> it's great. I, I I love being the sassy best friend because, well, I don't because it means my friend's upset. So I actually hate being the sassy best friend. But sometimes your friend needs you to be the sassy best friend who won't let you talk to the other person. It's great because you get to be mad and you get to be, especially when you don't like them, when you knew that their partner was always terrible and you were never, you never had the kindness to say it to their... You know, oh, all right, Ross. All right. Great time. We, we know you've got feelings for your friend here. Yeah, it's just sometimes it's almost like vindication where you knew the relationship was terrible and you told them they shouldn't put up with this nonsense for God knows how long. And when they eventually do break up and this person doesn't wrong and they finally leave, sometimes it can be quite satisfying to be like, ha, you've messed up. I, I think we're going to have to disagree here. I would hate you. I would want to well, punch you. Well, you shouldn't have gone to Bloomingdale, <laughs> should you, Mike? I only got yourself to blame. 
Susan and Carol are back, and Ross is saying how he uh, freaked out over the breast milk. My breast milk is gross. This should be fun. <laughs> no, no, Carol, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I just don't think breast milk is for adults. Of course, the packaging does appeal to grown-ups and <laughs> Ross, you are being silly. I've tried it. It's no big deal. Come on, just taste it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be no. Tastes bad. Yeah, it tastes kind of sweet, sort of like, uh, like what? Cantaloupe juice. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you've tasted it. You've, you've, you've tasted it? Uh huh. Oh, you've tasted it. You can keep saying it, but it won't stop being true. Yeah. I love Susan. Absolutely love Susan. But I'm disappointed in her right now. Why is that? Because she should have made a joke about how she tasted it. Should have been like straight from the bottle, right from the sauce, <laughs> just something, just to, just, just to just dig, have a dig at Russ. Because she normally never passes up a chance to have a dig at Russ. It's part of their fun dynamic. Well, yeah, because I, I love Russ. It's like, oh, you've tasted it. And like that just, you know how it's winding him up inside even more. Like not only is she with, with her, she tasted the breast milk as well. Like, he's on the rope, Susan. Swing, <laughs> like, <laughs> knock Roth out with the. Like, it would have been fantastic because it would have been like a, you know, bam, did something you're not doing. And by the way, I'm with you, lesbian. Like, <laughs> it would have been amazing, but she doesn't make the joke. No, which I, I guess is kind of all right in some ways because it makes us like a Susan a little bit more than if she had been. But I love Sassy Susan anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, one of my favourite Susan moments ever is when, you know, Russ says you've got a lot of books about being a lesbian. He's like, oh, it's a test that I need yeah. to like, <laughs> yeah. She's really funny. And I think this would have, could have been a great Susan joke moment that, that we just didn't get, unfortunately. Uh, breast milk is not for adults, though. <laughs> but the packaging, the packaging is. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Chandler just pops in, says his joke, and quietly disappears in the background yeah. while everyone's laughing. See, Chandler gets a great joke. Why didn't Susan get one? Yeah. Uh, I, I do love how smug Susan is, though. Like she, like she's just overly smug. You can see it like glowing around her. Like, yeah, not only am I with your ex-wife, I've had the breast milk too. Which because Russ is being such an idiot about he the whole is. thing. He is. He's always would, an idiot though. It'd be so difficult not to be smug because you know how much it's winding him up and yeah. you're just like, right, this is a little win. Well, we, we have friends like that where you do things because it's funny to wind them up. And if they didn't react to it, you wouldn't do it because it wouldn't be funny. But because it winds them up, you do it more. Yeah, and then like, oh, it's getting old now, guys. And you're like, it isn't. <laughs> no, it, it's, get, it's just getting funny. Like I've never been told by someone that a joke's getting old and actually thought, yeah, they're right. No, like, there, there, there has been times where you'd be like, oh, the joke's getting old now. Oh, it just got funny again. Yeah, like I'll freely apologise when I take things too far, which is quite often. But it's never old. What you mean is I'm fed up with it. If someone said to me, I'm fed up with this, please stop making the joke. Yeah. I probably would. But they don't. You always get that, it's getting old now. And you look around the room and you're like, no, we're all still laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep going. Well, a cowboy enters the apartment. It's Joey. And Chandler is uh, tidying up like a bartender, which I really liked yep. the, the kind of acting from this scene. Uh, Joey has now switched over to ombre. So du jour for men, out. I, I don't know how it works. I, I thought he would be advertising them, but I guess uh, 
Ombre pay more. Like, yeah, Hermes maybe Ombre had a boost in sales and it was more profitable, so they made everyone on Ombre. I wonder if uh, Matt LeBlanc can still fit in his cowboy outfit. Probably not. I, I would have kept that. I would have been like, this is mine. I'm keeping it. Take it <laughs> yeah, I need a cowboy outfit. That's the only way I'm going to get one. Definitely um, would have kept the hat, to be fair. Joey cares about his job because he used to be the best, but, you know, he isn't now. And you know, Joey does need to stand his ground. But I, this whole scene with Chandler being like the, the old Western bartender ready to yeah. listen to you. The way he, like, cleans the glass. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, classic. Absolutely Chinese great. Movie. There's the great where he slides the drink yep. <laughs> and he catches it. I'm like, how many takes did that take? Like, how many? Because surely they missed a couple of times where he went flying. Or maybe it happened in one go. I don't know. But It's fairly easy to catch a glass. It wasn't, it wasn't that great of a distance. It wasn't, but in my mind, there were like five shots where like it overshot or Joey missed or it spilled everywhere, and I'm just like, this should be a montage. Because when you see it in films, they do it like along the bar to the other end of the customer. Like, That's great, but you can never do it in real life because everyone would be like, oh, what? Oh, my drink's on the floor. Yeah, I'd be terrible at it. I'd be <laughs> so out. It would go right off the edge of the table. It wouldn't even go in the right direction. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like if you was there catching it, you'd just be like, I'm ready to catch Amiga, and you'd have your hand there, and somehow you'd still miss. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't be ready. That's cheating. <laughs> the you issue, yeah. Like, bam, and then catch it. Uh, we're outside Central Perk for once, uh, as Monica tries to talk to Rachel. Rachel is way overreacting, though. Like, yes, Julie stole, like, the guy she's meant to be with, but, you know. But also- I, don't, I don't think you can claim, you can claim that Ross is the guy she's meant to be with, given that she's only going to have these feelings for a week and a half or two Well, weeks. yeah, exactly. But she's also, Julie has also stolen Monica. Yeah, true. So, so that, that's, that's worse. But she hasn't stolen Monica. They went shopping once and they went lunch once. Like, Rachel could have gone as well. They'd all been friends. Rachel's, like, far too needy here. And it's almost like she is channeling Ross at this point in time. Like, she's, she's being Ross. Yeah. And I, I don't... I don't want, you know, Ross and Rachel to both be like that because what a horrible couple, you know, dynamic that would be. Yeah, no one's going to theirs for dinner. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, but perhaps she's a bit worried that she'll be pushed out of the group because she's not been in it as long. Yeah, then it starts to make a bit more sense. Yeah. It seems a bit more reasonable. Um, again, it's still based on an irrational hatred of Julie that she needs to get over. But at the same time, when you do look at the dynamic of the group, that would happen. Yeah, like if, if you're the one who doesn't like, you know, as we, well, we've discussed this loads of times, I guess, of not liking Ross's partner choices. Yeah. Well, Chandler's his best friend. Well, his oldest friend, Joe's best friend. Monica's his sister. Phoebe. Uh. Yeah, well, Phoebe's like in the group and part of the group, but she doesn't live in the no. same kind of circle. So maybe Rachel could become the new Phoebes and Phoebes would be the new Rachel. Like, would Phoebe move back in with Monica and then Rachel's just there every now and then? Yeah, I, I feel like Rachel would go back to her old life. Yeah. Her old friends that she ditched very quickly. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense when you have that realisation. Like, you know, you stood up as it Barry and you're just like, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be my life. Yeah. Like, I've never been engaged or got married. But I imagine, you know, if you, if you have any doubts while you're stood in that church or wherever you are, place of worship, register office, wherever you're having to do it, if you have a single doubt in your mind, you need to not do it. Yeah. So I imagine it's a pretty sudden realization that your life needs to change. Yeah. And at Saks, uh, Joey is ready for a showdown with the other cowboy. Uh, the doors are about to open. It's high time at noon. And we have a slow motion effect here as the first customer enters and there's a standoff. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, though, for Joey, his spray doesn't work as they're you know, about to, to draw their, their sprays. And the other cowboy sprays the customer in the face. 
Huincy says he's suing. Like, I don't Classic know. America. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm suing, I'm suing. It's like, mate, you've, you've just been like hurt in the eye. I would be concerned over that first. I can see, say I'm suing later. Like, I mean, you can tell it's not that serious, the fact no. that he's in a place to think about suing. Yeah. Like, if he was actually hurt, You'd be like, that's what I'm worried about. I, I feel like he's the guy who's just like, right, how can I find something to trip it? Oh, there's some water on the floor. I can get through them here, get some money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like that kind of bit. But, you know, it's, it's a bit of a quick way to end this. Because, you know, it, it shows the other cowboy isn't as tough as he first appeared. Like, his, his voice changes. and But that makes me dorky. like the ombre going more. Because then he's even more committed to his character. I mean, really, he's like, oh, gosh, golly. And he's all, like, dorky <laughs> yeah, and lame yeah. and upset that he's, you know, potentially blinded a man. I'm like, oh, that means that he's whole, like, ombre. It makes him even cooler. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just him committing to his bit. Is this, it, it, like, the Batman voice? Yeah, like, he, I just want him walking around and be like, Metal Gear. Like, be like, yes, do, do more cool voices and give me smelly stuff. Because he, I like him. Uh, but Joey finally wins the girl. Like, that was over pretty quickly. Like, all he did was spray a guy in the face and say sorry. Like, five minutes later, back to normal, right? I mean, my biggest issue is Melissa. Like, is this how she chooses to date men? Who's the most dominant fragrance distributor? It's so weird. Hang on. Is Melissa her name? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Melissa. I, I'm, I'm going through our notes now because I'm sure I called her something else earlier. Uh, I called her Annabelle. Why did I think she called Melissa? <laughs> I don't know. What is she called? <laughs> I don't know. Why, do, why, do, why don't you do some quick research now, Ryan? Tappity, tappity, tappity. I don't know. We'll find No, her name's Emily Proctor. So, yeah. So, she, she, she's uh, not Melissa. No. I don't I got know Melissa where you got Melissa from. Just, I don't even uh, know any Melissas. Yeah. So, so her, her character name is Annabelle, as I said correctly earlier. So, good, good job with our notes, Ryan. Hey, you know <laughs> at, at, at least I was there to fact check them. <laughs> you know what? My mistakes are getting better because I haven't invented five plus seasons of the show. I've just got a character name wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've stepped all in all over your point here. Uh, but yeah, Annabelle Melissa, whatever her name is, <laughs> she's weird. Because why are you picking your dates based on who's the most dominant perfume man? Maybe it's the cowboy outfit. You know, Joey's now got the outfit on. That that does it for her. No, I don't approve. I prefer Fruit Basket Lady. Like, what are you doing, Joey? <sighs> I, I don't like her. A- Annabelle seems like, you know, probably more of a type of woman that Joey would be with than Fruit Basket Lady. But we know who Joey should be with, don't we, Mark? Who's that? Celtics fan. <laughs> I'm never letting no. him go. Celtics fan all the way. Five more years of this. Five more years. Yep. <laughs> Rachel is sitting with Julie at the coffee shop, though, and Julie is being a bit nervous, but I don't see why she should be. Um, but I guess we're going to basically find out why she does. I just thought the two of us should hang out for a bit. I mean, you know, we've never really talked. <laughs> I guess you'd know that being one of the two of us, <laughs> all right? <laughs> I know. I probably shouldn't even tell you this, but I'm pretty much totally intimidated by you. Really? <laughs> Me? <laughs> oh, my God, are you kidding? Ross is so crazy about you, and I really wanted you to like me, and I... It's probably me just being totally paranoid, but I kind of got the feeling that maybe you don't. (laughs) Well, you're not totally paranoid. Oi. Um... Okay, um, God, 
Um, when you and uh, Ross first started going out, it was really hard for me, um, for many reasons, of which I'm not going to bore you with now, but um, I just, I see how happy he is, you know, and how good you guys are together, and um, Monica's always saying how nice you are, and God, I hate it when she's right. <laughs> Hey, listen, would you like to go to a movie sometime or something? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah? I'd love it. I'd love it, too. Okay. Okay. Oh, shoot, I gotta go. Okay. So, I'll talk to you later, okay? All right, Julie. Bye. Bye. What a manipulative bitch. <laughs> now, that last line is kind of funny, but it's not earned at all. Anyway, and it's not needed. No. Given that all Julie's been in this is like brave and honest, I'm like, no, roll your neck in, Rachel, because... Yeah, you're the, you're the one who's being toxic in this situation. And Julie had no reason to, to feel nervous, but I, I guess she's probably been getting some kind of weird vibe or, you know, maybe some Brad Pitt staring from, from across the coffee shop at her. I mean, it's, it's weird that Julie doesn't twig when Rachel said it was difficult for me for many reasons. Immediately, if you said that, I'd be like, okay, you're into Ross. Yes. Like, you'd be so, so transparently obvious. But I get why Julie's nervous, because she's, you know, trying to make a good impression on her new boyfriend's friends, and Rachel, from the sound of things, gets a lot of, you know, talking up from Ross. So, so oh, Rachel needs to like me because he's really close with Rachel, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that Julie had the, the guts to address it and say, I don't think you like me, like, it, it takes a lot of energy and bravery to do that kind of thing. Um, oh, definitely. Because it's always going to be hard because you don't know how the other person's going to react to that because the instant reaction is going to be like, of course I like you, even if they don't. Well, you're putting a lot of trust in them to, to not either tear you apart or yep. just dismiss it. And it's, well, you know, it's a tough thing to do. Yep, I think you're right there. But then, yeah, well, like you said, the, it, we haven't seen Julie do anything remotely wrong. So to get that response from Rachel just... Yeah, because he's not manipulative at all. She hasn't done anything. Rachel's the manipulative one in this. Yeah. What she's trying to do. So, yeah, it's, it's sad to see that she's kind of gone this far and it, it makes me feel about Ross a lot. Like she's, she's doing a lot of things that Ross did. But, but whereas when Ross does it and he's neurotic and I kind of hate that, it feels earned of, like, why he hates what's going on in all these situations. Well, it's because Ross has previously been established as that kind of person. He's a bit of a mess. He's not very confident. He, he no. is neurotic. Rachel hasn't been any of those things at any point. She's always been feisty and, you know, powerful, even when yeah. she was upset and didn't want to be a shoe or found out <laughs> about, you know, all the things that she's found out about. So it doesn't feel earned because you've never seen this side of Rachel. And I'll be, if I be entirely honest, I don't think it's very well. I guess, I guess it's out of character for her. Yeah, and I don't think it's very convincingly portrayed by Jennifer Aston, if I've been entirely honest. Like, I never really fault any of the, the actors or actresses in the show for the way they do stuff. But I, I don't really feel it from Rachel either. It's just kind of blank. Yeah, I, I guess you're right, though, because we've gone from uh, not caring about Ross at all to all of a sudden, I need to be with Ross urgently to not being able to have him, which makes it even worse. Like, no, yeah, I, there's having a crush on someone, but that normally is something that kind of grows over time. Whereas her thing is, I'd gone from zero to a hundred in the space of a week. 
Yeah, and I guess you can have the whole cliche thing like, I never really saw them until now yeah. type moment. But again, it was like, it, it almost comes across as if Rachel was alone and wanted to be with somebody and then found out that Ross had these like deep level feelings and was kind of like, that fits the, you know, the weird shaped jigsaw that I've got. It'll yeah. do. And she's got fully committed to this weird jigsaw piece and now hates Julie for finishing the puzzle and it's like, <laughs> you just, no, get over it. I just, it's, it's probably one of the only times Rachel is deeply unlikable. Um, but then at the same time, we're supposed. Well, we're not even supposed to dislike Rachel. That's why it's so weird. If we were supposed to live this episode thinking, "Yeah, stupid Rachel," but clearly we're not. We're supposed to still have someone empathy for Rachel and be somewhat on her side. Yeah. But then Julie's so likable that you don't dislike Paolo's easy to hate, and they yeah. make him easy to hate. But Julie isn't. She's just really nice, which is why it's supposed to be difficult for Rachel. But then to see Rachel react this way it just just doesn't fit for me. Yeah. But at least it's nice to see Ross being the reason him and Rachel aren't together. Than it being Rachel being the reason they're not together. Yeah, I mean it's probably blasphemy to say on a friend's podcast, but I don't. I don't really think Rachel and Ross are that great a couple. Um, yeah. Are, just, are you? Are you a? Are you a Monica and Chandler fan then? Uh, yeah, I guess. Or a Phoebe and Joey, or a Joey and Rachel. I mean, technically, I'm a Joey and Celtics fan, <laughs> and a Ross and Julie, and Monica and Chandler. I don't really care about. Okay. I don't like Mike either. For Phoebe, I don't dislike Mike. I just, I, I, I can see our listener numbers going down <laughs> in real time. Just, I just thought Mike was a bit. No, cool. I, I, I don't. I'm a Phoebe and David. Yes, I, I don't like Mike, and we'll get to that in four years' time or whatever. Uh, yeah, Phoebe and David definitely. I, I guess you could almost say like it's actually the the smaller relationships that kind of don't really go anywhere. They're actually the ones we kind of want to see, but I guess that makes for boring writing. So if you see. Phoebe and David together. Where's the rest of the story? Where's the? You need some like someone to be the antagonist, right? To create drama and interest. Whereas if they're both happy, but Mike doesn't really create drama. He's only in it for like one season, basically. So yeah, I, I, they didn't need to worry about that then, I guess. But uh, I guess what you're saying, you know, you you want to see like Phoebe and David together, Julie and Ross together. Yep. Uh, Joey and Celtics lady. Yep. I mean, that's all, the- all relationships that are, you know basically nothing in the grand scheme of the show no i guess it's because we only get a snippet of those people so i guess you could like the i guess the honeymoon stage of tv relationships Mm. where you only see the positive part of their relationship so it's easy to kind of like daydream about like where would that fictional life go for these characters imagine if ross and julie like were breaking up how sad you would be yeah it'd you know be, (laughs) be terrible i mean you know thankfully they'll stay together forever (laughs) (laughs) in your mind (laughs) i don't have to worry but yeah, I guess so because you don't actually see any more of the complex dynamics of their actual relationships, it's easier for your brain to kind of idolise that idea. I, I, um, I guess I, I guess we might, though, because uh, we can have on the Patreon uh, another stretch goal, which is your fan fiction, you of, more, <laughs> more of, fan fiction of Ross and Julie together, right? I mean, yeah, we could do a double date. We could do Ross and Julie go on a double date with Celtics fan and Joey, and they go to the garden to watch the Knicks. <sighs> Julie's bored because she doesn't like sport. I, I kind of feel in some ways maybe Phoebe David would be a bit of fit with Ross and Julie. Just because of the sciencey stuff. Yeah, I feel like they'd nerd out over science stuff and then Julie and Phoebe would have whatever conversation they're having about whatever they're having about. And we don't get many scenes with Ross and Phoebe being friends, really. No. So that could be an interesting dynamic. I think Joey and Celtics Lady would be great. Because they'd keep teasing Ross about 
being a dork. And Julie would find that funny. And I think everyone would have a great time on that date, apart from Russ. <laughs> so what you're saying is, bullying is fun. <laughs> Banter is fun. The old, the old cliche, get out of jail free card for bullying. But yeah, I think that'd be a great time. Like Russ would make some stupid comment about the, the basketball going on. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And then they'd all have a go at Russ. And then Julie would find it funny because Russ gets flustered. There we go. Fan fiction already. That's where we're going. <laughs> that, subscribe now to our Patreon. Um, I'm sure you heard it in the ad for it. Go, go join now. Get, get some uh, Ryan fan fiction there. Uh, Ross is uh, going to try the best, the breast milk again, though, and finally does it with the help of cookies, which I think is much weirder. Nice Freudian slip from you there, Mark. <laughs> He's going to try the best milk. You've tried breast milk. Yeah, I, if anybody wants to dip the cookies in it, like... Just, just taste it as it is. Yeah, it makes it so much weirder that like you can have a sip rather than having to dunk a whole cookie in the milk. Yeah, also how it, it's so pathetic that it's troubling him this much. Either just accept that you don't want to taste it, or you know, get over yourself and taste it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he does eventually drink some of it, which I get is kind of weird, but he gets zero credit from me for eventually doing it because he failed in front of Susan. And the okay. only reason he's doing it is because Susan has tasted it. If Susan hadn't tried this milk, Ross would have let it go. It yep. wouldn't have bugged him at all. But because Susan has tried it, he had to do it. But because he failed in front of Susan, there's no point winning when she's at home. Well, no, because she's going to come back and go, I haven't seen you do it. Do it now. Yeah, you would always be like, oh, I've tried it with milk. And like, then you, she knows that she's in your head. Yep. And you let her win even more. Yep. So he, he should have just you know, slammed it back when Susan was there and gone, yeah. And then, <laughs> what of a milk moustache yeah got milk because like, he thinks he invented got milk <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know it, it would have been fine but doing it six hours later with some cookies while no one else is around that's not a win no that's a bigger fail than not doing it at yeah. least if you'd stuck to your ground you'd at least respect that but he folds which is lame and then he folds by himself so what's the point <laughs> well we, we find out in uh, an episode that's coming up soon how Quickly, Ross does fold for like his basic thoughts on things. We do, but see, that's that, that episode. We'll get to it, but that's deeply unfair. That moment in the episode, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, as as an episode, I, I think the milk thing is the the thing you kind of, uh, I guess, take away from this. Yeah, it, it's a weird episode in this episode. When you look at TV shows in general, how some episodes will take a really small thing and stretch it out for like an entire episode, yeah. and you're like. How how did this episode happen? How did you get like twenty four minutes out of breast milk and perfume? <laughs> well, yeah, if if you if you look at it and break it down, you're like, well, nothing really happened. We had, a, you know, Joey at work, and I don't think it's dull, but you could basically be like, well, he's at work, he's kind of dull. Nothing really happened. He just sprayed some perfume. Uh, you got Ross drinking some breast milk. Well, nothing really happens there. No. Nope. And then you have like the kind of like Julie Monica stuff, which we don't see. No, nope. it's all just said, and you're like, you boil it down. You're like, oh, that's kind of boring, but actually, it works. I think this is. I'm mean, thinking about this the past few episodes. It's Chandler makes the show because it's a sitcom and it's a comedy, so you need to laugh. And there are lots of scenes in Friends and episodes where essentially it's a nothing episode in terms of the plot. It's not you know the one where Rachel finds out. It's just an episode, but then. Almost like on the beat of, right, it's been too long since someone laughed. Chandler has a joke. It's almost like maths. And you Chandler's can... not really been in this episode. Nope, but he has a few jokes in it that are hilarious. And you go, <laughs> it's almost like resetting the clock. Like you're watching a comedy, you're expecting to laugh. You start to be like, I haven't laughed yet. 
what's going on? This is supposed to be, ah, Chandler said something. <laughs> and then your brain forgets that you're supposed to, you know, you've, you've had your laugh for your X amount of minutes and you carry on. And there's an, like, Chandler to me is that guy that resets the audience's comedy expectation of, this is show is funny because Chandler said something funny. And I guess as we get into the later seasons, we have Chandler doing that almost like a like machine gun fire, mm-hmm. which makes it probably even... That's why those episodes are better, I assume. Just because the, the jokes are there coming at you constantly. Whereas right now, especially this episode, it's, it's not the, the funniest at all. There's some no. moments in it. Uh, the whole monologue with uh, Rachel and Monica is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not Chandler funny. No, it's not Chandler funny. Which is weird, because that, that scene is one of my favourite scenes of Friends. Like when I think of what parts of Friends do I like, that will come up as one of them. Yeah. The breast milk stuff doesn't, but it is the focal point of the episode. But yeah. the, the whole you know take on the breakup relationship or the cheating conversation, that sticks with you. I, I think it's because a lot of people can relate to it either from their own lives or from seeing it on TV before. I don't so, know. So, so, so it becomes funny. I've never cheated, Mark. I wouldn't know. I'm a good boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been cheated on, but we didn't have a conversation. <laughs> oh, so, so, oh, you should have. You should have just done this word for word <laughs> in Bloomingdale. Yeah. But no, it's still a good episode. It's just yeah. it's oddly uneventful. Given yeah, it's, it's, it's twenty-four minutes long. It's one of those episodes where you learn a little bit more about the characters, I guess, and it doesn't move any plot forward. But that's fine because Adventures of Friends is kind of what I want from the TV show. Yes, I'm always whinging. I I used to work at a comic book store. And I'd always complain that you don't get enough issues of comics with the characters just chilling or hanging out. And people used to look at me like I was mental. Um, for the most part, there were Marvel fans who just like people getting shot and stabbed every issue. But still, DC fanboy aside, <laughs> <laughs> I like mundane stuff in comics because I know who Batman is and Bruce and Tim and the whole Bat family and insert whatever comic book you like. But I like seeing them do mundane stuff because it makes them feel more relatable. Yeah, and it, and it adds depth. If, you know, Batman, you know, eats some particular type of crisps, you're like, oh, but that's, that's what he eats. That's like a bit of added detail that I can have, like, in the back of my mind when thinking about Batman. Yeah, well, there's a Tom King issue of Batman where Bruce and Selina, Catwoman, go on a double date with Lois and Clark. And after spending with Lois and Clark, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they go on a double date to a fairground. And it's the kind of classic bros hanging out with their part, uh, the partners where they're having a debate about could Batman hit a pitch from Superman? And Superman's like, are you kidding? Like, but they have a brief discussion together and as they're both leaving the date, Lois and Clark, uh, Lois and Clark, Lois and Selina are like, boys. But all the boys are still talking about is could you hit this pitch or not? And Superman's like, I could throw the ball at this speed. And then Batman's like, he has to throw the ball at this speed because then you're faster and the ball would disintegrate and therefore it's a foul ball. So I could hit it because he has to throw it at this speed. And it's just like this really, really great issue that people hated at the time. Whereas I was like, they're going like, it's amazing, they're eating hot dogs. <laughs> like it was just, oh, it's just really exciting. Yeah, it, it adds some personality to what could otherwise be two-dimensional characters. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this episode does for, for Friends, I guess, where you get to see a little bit more of a day in their lives and... I've always said I want a day in the life of Carol and Susan. Like, what did they do while Ross was back? Don't answer that question, Mark. I can see your face. <laughs> what did they do while Ross had the baby? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking anything. <laughs> I just saw your face. I don't know where this is going. Uh, but, you know, what did they go up to? Did they go to the MoMA for the afternoon? Like, I want to know. I want more Carol and Susan. Probably just, like, 
taking the mick out of Ross. That's what that's what I would do every day. I feel like every parent or new parent is just screaming at the podcast right now. They had a nap because they've got <laughs> yes, a baby yes, at home. Yes, yes. <laughs> they didn't yeah. do anything exciting. They just sat down and slept. Yep, they did nothing. So we're going to get to the socials in a minute. So don't turn off just yet because we're going to talk about some other things, I guess. I mean, technically, we did the socials at the start. So if people turn up after the socials, no one's listening to the <laughs> no. last 45 minutes. <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, we we mentioned last episode, we now have a Patreon. You can join it at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. And there you can support us. So as we mentioned in the last episode, which I hope you, you heard if you didn't, uh, you can support us there because we do this all for free for you. And we're going to be providing you with extra content. So watching friends, you know, this main series of you know talking about the friends episodes is going to be free for everyone yep uh but we're going to have some exclusive content on the patreon feed so we already joked and teased you're gonna do your fan fiction <laughs> yeah uh we teased last time that there's going to be pictures of you in a dress i mean that makes it sound more like an only fans in the patreon <laughs> <laughs> uh we even talked about like doing like uh friends board game nights and quiz nights and and all sorts of fun things and and even doing podcasts like covering joey or covering other um shows that uh friends cast have been in yeah i mean you're all friends fans listening and i'm sure you've all had myriad of conversations about friends that haven't strictly been about an episode so, you know, be more content like that. Well, yeah, even stuff like, you know, top 10 moments or why we hate Ross or whatever, right? Uh, but as I say, we, we do this for free. So, you know, your support is really appreciated and we want to thank those who can support us. Um, so you can join it from as little as £1 a month. That would gain you some access to the other tiers, which are a little bit more, but you get more access to exclusive content. So check it out. And if you can support us, that's really great. Uh, especially as we do have a goal on there is if we can hit it we're going to buy a third mic and we're going to have some uh, guests on in the future special guests yep some that have been talked about quite a lot <laughs> in the past uh 25 or so episodes that we've done yep every day is lesbian lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so you'll be able to get the other side of the story the other tangents some corrections as well perhaps um, you can also message us, uh, as I said earlier, at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook. We love to hear from you, our little friends community. And you can write to us on the website watchingfriends.com or contact at watchingfriends.com. We love to read out your letters. We've had one. Who's going to be our second one? We need a second one. Probably one of our mums. Right, well, <laughs> it, you know what? It's funny you say. So I've, I've got a friend who does a podcast called Not, a, Not Another Travel Podcast. And it's all about uh, different traveling stuff. So he's done one on van life or, you know, tips and tricks of when you go to places or scams to avoid stuff. Like that. And it's, it's very funny. It's very Australian. And he might actually be on it in a, a future episode with his girlfriend. Talk about friends. Does very Australian means he swears a lot? <laughs> well, obviously he's Australian, <laughs> right? Uh, but they, they started their podcast a, a little bit before ours. And they had their first letter uh, in one episode, and it was actually one of the host mums that had written in to ask a question and ask when he would be back for dinner. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I hope our mum's not going to write in. But, I kind yeah. of hope my mum's not listening. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, same, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, write to us. We, we want to have, like, a little community here. We want to do some cool stuff on the Patreon. And we know, like, the fans, fans, love to, fans of friends love to get together. Uh, and just talk about friends. And that's what we want you to be. So, you know, write to us. Tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what you think of Ryan's tangents. 
I like my tangents. I like them too. <laughs> that's that's why they stay in. Or every single one has stayed in so far. I don't listen back to us, so they could <laughs> they could all be gone. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you should listen back, and you'll be like, "Oh God, what what did I say there?" I might enjoy my tangents because I think they're normally funny, but I don't enjoy my own voice. I could not listen to myself for an hour, <laughs> or like last episode, two hours. Yeah, you're you're subjecting our listeners to listen to you for, for two yeah, hours. That's fine. I I don't know if they hate my voice, but I hate my voice. Right. Well, let, let us know. Do you do you hate our voices? I I hope you don't because we don't have a podcast otherwise. We should do a whole episode in our ombre voices. Where we're like watching friends. So, so it'd be like. Come back for season two, episode three, one where Heckles dies. Yeah, that made that sound really sinister. Like, <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need to work on it to make it gruff, but uh, not, not, not deranged. Metal Gear is always the way. Just ask questions in a gruff <laughs> voice and it just makes sense. Heckles dies? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope our listeners know what Metal Gear is. I don't have to. Everyone knows what Metal Gear Solid is. Yeah, you're, this is a slightly geeky podcast, so... Uh, but yeah we'll be back next week for season 2 episode 3 the one where Mr Heckles dies which is a sad funny interesting episode yeah it's weird that it it is actually sad I think we're gonna get very personal in this because I think uh, especially with Chandler we can relate to a lot of moments that happen in this we'll see Guess, yeah, I guess we will see. <laughs> no, don't no, spoil the mystery no, 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 spoilers, right? They need to tune back in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. So thank you very much for, for putting up with us for an hour and a half or so. Uh, we can't wait to be back next week and do it all over again. And you're also welcome for having us for an hour and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Cheerio.